Click Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Tuesday, February the 1st, 2022. It's already February. It's incre- incredible how fast things are moving at this point. Hey, Austria introduced a compulsory vaccination act, and there's a lot of very concerned Catholics there. Alexander Trugoel is going to rejoin our program from the St. Boniface Institute. It's uh, been a while since he's been on, so we're looking forward to having him back coming up at 15 past the hour. Uh, then, did you know tomorrow is Candlemas? or presentation, or is it the purification? Which is it? Well, we're going to help get you ready for that and maybe tell you why you ought to participate at Candle Mass, whether it's a Holy Day of Obligation or not, the purification, the presentation of our Lord with Stephanie Aquila from His Girl Sunday coming up at 35 past the hour. It's going to be a fun conversation. Hopefully you'll join us for all or part of that. Lots of uh, news to cover today on the program. I understand there's a lot of snow and ice all the way from Dallas, all the way up to Buffalo, even to the doorsteps of Worcester and Boston. We're going to be praying for you today. Hopefully you'll stay warm, safe. Uh, Hopefully you won't be driving in the ice. Uh, Although I lived 10 years in New England, I know how it goes. You still go out, don't you? Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. I got into a lot of accidents in that snow up there. So please be careful today if you're out and about. Uh, Georgetown pulls uh, one of their brand new hires for criticizing the president. That's an interesting story. Catholic cop wins $75,000 settlement after suspension uh, for praying at an abortion facility. Lots of stories today we may jump into. We'll have to just see how it all goes. But uh, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Anything in the news that uh, took you by surprise at all? Yeah, you know what? I'm having a little bit of a hard time understanding what's going on in Ukraine because the Ukrainians are saying nothing's going on, and then mm-hmm. everybody else mm-hmm. is saying Russia's ready to attack. So it's just a really confusing kind of thing that yeah. I'm seeing in the news lately. So I'm waiting for something to develop to, did, to keep you informed. About did you that. happen to see that interview with the mayor of uh, Kiev? I think it was the mayor of Kiev. I didn't see it, but I think I read about it. Yeah, it, there's, there is a lot of, like, who knows, right? Right. I mean, there's a lot of who knows going on here. Even Vice, uh, of all news uh, outlets, covered the story, and they're like, we don't know. This could be, <laughs> this could be a negotiation tactic from, from good old Vlad, or the 100,000 troops stationed on the border of the Ukraine and conducting military war games could actually invade at any point. And and then they they interviewed one of like the former Russian uh parliamentarians mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, we may have to liberate parts of the Ukraine." Hmm. So that's he says that's probably what's going to happen is we won't invade Ukraine totally, but we'll liberate a portion of it anyway. So Who knows? Who knows? A lot of pressure for World War 3 is how I look at it. Uh speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. You know, I was just thinking while you were saying about uh, how freezing it is everywhere, I walk out the door and it's like 65 degrees outside. And Di- I'm like, dynamic equivalency dang, to the pain and know, suffering in Boston. Cold. Yeah, I know. I mean, was, <laughs> I, was, I was so cold. It was, it was shivering. I had to get two coats. Two. Chattering. My teeth were I'm, chattering. <laughs> I'd sit in my so car sorry. and let it warm up. It was 65 degrees. Crazy. But you're, crazy. Hold cold. on. Hmm. Oh, some, something's not adding up here. 
Uh, I may have to call Vice News to get involved in this investigation. Uh, you're in Exodus 90, are you not, Adrian? Um, hmm. Yes, so two technically. Coats, <laughs> two coats and warming up your truck. Does your group know that you are in, indulging in such comfort during well, there's your no, Exodus 90? That's, uh, when it was raining, hmm. that was my shower. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I thought I smelled something in I here. see. I see. How is it going anyway, real quick? Uh, no bueno. <laughs> what do you mean no bueno? Not uh, succeeding as well <laughs> as I have in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so, but today's a new day. You get to start all over. Totally. Uh-huh. Praise yes. be to God. 100%. Totally. <laughs> Cold showers for you today. Praise be to Jesus. All right. We're going to jump into it. We're going to have a fun show. Hopefully, you'll join us for all or part of it. Do us a favor and share us with a friend this morning. That would be super helpful, and we would be at your... Uh, we'd be grateful to you for your generosity. Uh, we are going to jump in and pray for your intentions, dear listener, but let me remind you to get your car raffle tickets quick. It's February. You are running out of time to possibly win a brand new Mercedes at the end of this month. Uh, so uh, go to grnonline.com for the details, and you too might win a pretty cool car, and we get to keep Catholic Radio going. So it's a winner for both of us. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Rudy Carlos here. Let's dive right into the headline news this morning. Reuters reports Russia and U.S. clash at U.N. over Russian troop buildup near Ukraine. Russia failed to stop the U.S. requested council meeting on the buildup, allowing for a public face-off over what the United States and other nations called a threat to international peace and security. The council is unable to take any action beyond talking about the situation as Russia is one of the council's five veto powers, along with the United States, China, France, and Britain. Thomas Greenfield accused Russia of having more than 100,000 troops at Ukraine's borders with Russia and Belarus preparing to conduct offensive action into Ukraine. She said that Washington, that Washington has seen evidence that Moscow plans to deploy 30,000 more, 30, more troops into Belarus by early February. Russia's UN Ambassador Vasily Nebenzia said there was no proof Moscow was planning military action against Ukraine and that Russia had consistently rejected the accusations. If Russia does not choose the path of dialogue and respect for international law, the response will be robust and united. Any fresh infringement of the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine by Russia will have massive consequences and a severe cost, French UN Ambassador Nicolas de Riviere said. And the Daily Wire reports, say what? Trudeau claims Canadians are disgusted over truck convoy protesters. That's not what I've been seeing. Epic Times reports, someone opened the doors from the inside. January 6th defense attorney says, Kelly Meggs and other members of the Oath Keepers could not have done one of the major things of which they are accused of by federal prosecutors forcing their way through the famous Columbus doors into the U.S. Capitol Rotunda on January 6, 2021, a defense attorney says. The two sets of historic doors that lead into the Rotunda were opened by someone on the inside and not his client, says defense attorney Jonathan Mosley. Department of Justice video widely circulated on Twitter this week shows a man trying to open the inner doors by leaning against them before turning around as if listening to someone, then returning to the entrance and opening the left door for protesters. 
The 20,000 pound Columbus doors that lead into the rotunda on the east side of the U.S. Capitol are secured by magnetic locks that can only be opened from the inside using a security code controlled by Capitol Police, Mosley wrote in an eight-page memo. In a superseding indictment on January 12, 2022, Megs and 10 other members of the Oath Keepers were charged with seditious conspiracy, destruction of government property, obstruction of a, uh, an official proceeding, civil disorder, tampering with documents, and other counts leading to rioting on January 6. And Breitbart reports, end of corona apartheid, Russia, Austria's, excuse me, unvaxxed lockdown ends today. Austria's unjabbed have finally been granted a little bit of freedom with the nation's corona apartheid lockdown of the unvaccinated ending today. This is despite the Austrian government initially claiming that the lockdown of unjabbed individuals would go on in perpetuity, though some harsh restrictions will nevertheless remain in place. According to a report by Kronen Zeitung, unvaccinated individuals will be allowed to exercise outdoors without good reason from today as well as visit friends without fear of legal repercussions. However, with the maintenance of the nation's strict 2G vaccine pass rules, unjabbed individuals will still be refused service in bars and restaurants, while also remaining barred from entering non-essential retail. The unjabbed, who make up roughly 17% of Austria's population according to Kronen Zeitung, are also reportedly still banned from attending events in the country. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Ansker. Born in 801, he became a Benedictine at Corby, France, where he had been educated. In Sweden, asked for Christian missionaries, and he went there suffering capture by pirates and other hardships on the way. Fewer than two years later, he was recalled to become an abbot of New Corby and bishop of Hamburg. After 13 years of work in Hamburg, Ansgar saw it burned to the ground by invading Northmen. Sweden and Denmark returned to paganism. He directed new apostolic activities in the north, traveling to Denmark and being instrumental in the conversion of another king. By the strange device of casting lots, the king of Sweden allowed the Christian missionaries to return. He was an extraordinary preacher, a humble and ascetical priest. He was devoted to the poor and the sick, imitating the Lord and washing their feet and waiting on them at table. He died peacefully at Bremen, Germany, without achieving his wish to be a martyr. He died February 3rd, 865. St. Ansker, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jarius came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come, lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately, her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask who touched me. And he looked around to see who had done it, the woman 
realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out, and he took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and he entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kaum, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of twelve, arose immediately and walked around. At that they were utterly astounded and gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There is uh, a lot of great things we could dive deep into with very little time on the clock here, but did you notice the connection of 12? 12 years of the hemorrhages of the woman, 12 years the age of the little girl who was raised. The woman with the hemorrhages had great faith, knowing that if she just but touched the hem of the robe, it would be enough for her healing. And the man, well, uh, you know, even Theophilicate points out, he says, quote, this, now this man was faithful in part, inasmuch as he fell at the feet of Jesus, but in that he begged of him to come. He did not show as much faith as he ought, for he ought to have said, speak the word only, and my daughter shall be healed. Sometimes we can have great faith, but maybe we could have more. Maybe we ought to strive for the faith of the woman with the hemorrhage, knowing that if we just do the simplest task, it would be enough to heal us. I think it's a powerful contrast because I can, I can relate to the man in the synagogue. Boy, would I ever just please come, please come. I would beg. I would drag him if I had to. And yet, his faith was rewarded him. Let us have faith today. Let us trust in the Lord in all things that happened before us. Let us give all of our lives over to him through his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of our blessed Virgin Mother. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. You're driving a midnight black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st and you must be 18 or older to participate. Some Protestants use 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3 against the Catholic practice of consecrated celibacy and Lenten observances because Paul calls the forbidding of marriage and the consumption of meat doctrines of demons. Do Catholics need to be exercised? No. 
and here are some reasons why. First, Paul can't be condemning consecrated celibacy because in the next chapter he gives Timothy instructions on proper implementation of consecrated celibacy with regard to enrolled widows. Also, Paul can't be condemning all forms of abstinence from meats, since he was part of the decision at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15 that decreed Gentile Christians abstain from meats offered to idols. What Paul was condemning is the Gnostic belief that nobody should marry, and that one should always abstain from meats, because matter is evil. So, fear not, Catholics, you have no need for an exorcism. I'm Corlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up tomorrow is the Feast of Candlemas, or is it is it presentation? Or or perhaps it's the purification. To sort all of this out, we've invited Stephanie Aquila on. She's coming up at 35 past this hour to help us prepare ourselves. Why should we participate at Candlemas? What is going to happen there? And what is the tradition and the history behind it? All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, once again, from Austria, is Alexander Trugowell. He is with the St. Boniface Institute with the news coming out of Austria and their Compulsory Vaccination Act. Good morning to you, Alexander Trugowell. Good morning. Thank you very much for the invitation. Praise be to God. It's good to see you and have you back. What is going on? What's the latest information uh, about the Compulsory Vaccination Act? Well, the latest information is that our parliament unfortunately passed the bill with a a big majority. So it was 137 to 33 votes in favor of the bill, which means that um, everyone expects that this week the law comes into force. There's still one chamber of parliament that has to pass and then our president has to sign it, but normally he always does. So um, the law will be in force, it seems, at the end of this week or beginning of next week. And then from the 16th of March on, the law will be enforced. So the, the, the state will then go after the unvaccinated and will um, fine them up to 14,400 euros a year. You can be fined four times a year um, and every time up to 3,600 euros which is huge. I already told lots of people that uh, because obviously you need a kind of comparison number. The average net income of the Austrians is 1,550 euros. So it's more than double the average net income. What happened, it was um, um, the law was passed after a huge range, a wide range of huge protests um, occurring all over the country. We had them, especially in Vienna, with 100,000 of people joining in Salzburg, Innsbruck, Graz, in all the big cities of Austria, in all the smaller cities of Austria, and so on. And and I think that's especially important for all the Catholics listening to this show, and I think most of them are Catholics. Um, you know that we as St. Boniface Institute decided one more than one and a half years ago that if we want things to change, that we need to have not only our personal prayer, but also public prayer. And so we organized this rosary processions. We call them Rosary for Austria in remembrance of the rosary reparation crusades, which were held by a servant of God, Petrus Pavlicek, Father Petrus Pavlicek in the 50s, in order to free our country from communism. As you know, historically speaking, Austria was freed from communism before all the other countries. So we never faced an Iron Curtain. We never faced gulags. We never faced all those things. Thanks to prayer, thanks to Our Lady, thanks to God's help. So that's what we wanted to start again, and we did, uh, we did this in one and a half years, and then after one and a half years, 
last autumn. Suddenly, this thing exploded. We have it now all over Austria. More than 250 cities every Wednesday, 6 p.m., are joining, uh, praying the rosary. It's thousands of people going to the streets. Altogether, we had it in more than 400 places already. Then it jumped over the border. We now have the same prayer movement in Germany. We have the same prayer movement in Switzerland and in many other countries. And our prayers are definitely answered. We see that there is a, a, a really Catholic movement coming out of it. We named it already two years ago, the whole idea, the Catholic resistance. The Catholic resistance is, is, is nothing else than people who say that their faith is not only a private part of the life, but actually the most important part of the life, and therefore also influences and changes the way how we see politics and how we want to act in a political situation. So Catholic resistance means watch whatever happens and try to find a good Catholic answer in scripture, in tradition, in the teaching of the church fathers, in the teaching of the church. That's what we do. And we found out that not only um, um, even after the Second Vatican Council, like Pope John XXIII and, and others said this, especially Pope Leo XIII and St. Thomas Aquinas saying that if a law is based on lies, if a law is based on wrong facts, if a law is based on also, um, um, as if a law is, is, is introduced that oversteps the authority someone has, then it's not a law, it's rather evil and therefore we have to fight it. In this case, we all know the facts are really on our side. The vaccine doesn't work. We now have 350,000 or 360,000 cases, something like this here in Austria, of the so-called Omicron variant. It's the highest number we ever had, I, as, as far as I know. So the vaccine is not working. It has tons of side effects. It, it's, it comes from aborted baby cells. We, it's, it's a proven fact. This is such a disgusting fact. And we have, as Catholics, have to face it and be public about it. And so now we really know what we do is right. We want to resist. We want to fight. Lots of people are joining us. And whatever is coming out of this, I promise you one thing. Here in Austria, you will find thousands and ten thousands of people resisting up until the end. And faith is what, what, what leads those people. Praise be to God. Well, so let me ask you, what is the mechanism by which they're going to identify non-vaxxed people and then try to find them? Is it when you try to go to a restaurant or a store? Or are they going to come knocking on your door like they have in some cases in Australia, taking people off to COVID camps? How are they going to do yeah. it in Austria? Well, you're asking the right questions. First of all, we have to understand that, as you know, in Europe, the, vac the vaccines and, uh, and also some of the other rules were introduced um, accompanied by, by a so-called green passport system. So there is all over Europe, there's a system that you have a QR code app on your phone, which is connected to your personal data. And this QR code app, you have to upload your test, uh, tests, you have to upload your, your vaccine status and things like this. In Austria, since more than a year, we already have a new register. It's a vaccine register that is not connected as, all, as, as has been before the health uh, thing to, to our health data, which is private data. And I can decide... Uh, if I want it, uh, if I want others to see it or not, but connected to actually my passport data, so everyone working for the state can see it. Oh, wow. And so the vaccine status, as soon as I use the app, as soon as I want to use this app, this vaccine status is automatically attached to my passport data. So the problem is right now that as soon as people start to use the app, everyone knows that you are not vaccinated. Now comes the problem. So the state knows those people are vaccinated. They still, everyone who is in the app and uploaded is 
officially considered vaccinated. Everyone else will get a letter and will be asked to get themselves vaccinated. And therefore, the ones which uh, did get themselves vaccinated but do not have a green passport yet, I guess will then say, well, I am vaccinated, therefore will be added to the green passport system, uh, uh, to the digital identity system. And the ones who are not vaccinated are then known, obviously. And then whenever you go into the public space, because now after the huge protests, they, they changed a little bit the way they want to find us. At the beginning, they wanted to find everyone via letter, everyone who is unvaxxed. Now they want to find us by checking you with police on the streets, in the restaurant, in the demonstration, whatever. But if I talk about restaurants, I'm a little bit kidding because I'm not allowed to enter restaurants since months. And now they, they, they will change this, you know, change it, mm. but still won't allow people to just enter a restaurant. You still need to have proof of whatever different certificates to enter a restaurant. So in the future, this will be our lives if we stop resisting. But I tell you, we do not stop. And so what awaits us now is the following. If a law is already passed in Austria, the parliament has to more or less rip it down again, which is not a thing happening very often. Mm. So the constitutional court is what you normally ask um, to check the law if it's really constitutional. Then the constitutional court can just um, can, can just say, no, it's not constitutional. Therefore, the law does not exist anymore any longer. We now hope that this is going to happen. The law um, contradicts our constitution in tons of ways, really tons of ways. And I'm not saying it alone. Tons of professors for law and constitutional law are saying it. Also the ones on the side of the pro-vaxxers say it, lots of them. And I think the chances are quite high that we will win it. But it will take time. And, you know, through Ukrainian crisis and all the other things uh, uh, surrounding us right now, my fear is that people will forget the main problem in summertime. And then in autumn, they can just use it as a real weapon against everyone who is still against the system. Wow, it must be so tough to to experience life this way, Alex. Um, what 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 are the people doing to to stay, uh, you know, positive in this this situation? Um, unfortunately, but you know that I don't mean this in any bad way. We have to we have to separate uh, the people. We have to say what are the faithful people doing, what mm-hmm. are the atheists and modern uh, and not faithful people doing. There's a huge difference. So among the faithful, what I see is an in, in, um, enormous increase in faith. So people try to even be more faithful. I see them, they not only join our rosary rallies, but they really pray for Austria every day. People send me their little prayers every day and we talk to them and their little prayer groups found everywhere. Uh, people now gather uh, around the good priests. There are some good priests who also want to do, uh, do the good fights. We just started to uh, organize a few of them and to help them getting to know each other and it's really a, actually way bigger, bigger group than we expected at the beginning and so those things are actually wonderful what we also see is um i i don't know if you're uh, if if you are aware of austrian history but in the time after the french revolution there was a censorship, a censorship system um, here in austria run by our uh, by by first metternich who was the state chancellor uh, one can say of the of the KNK of the early KNK monarchy, back then not KNK yet, but of the early Austrian Austrian Empire, and and back then people developed a, a, a new culture. This culture is called formats or Biedermeier culture, which means people made their homes more comfortable in order to meet there and to 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 see their friends. Hmm. And this is what we see among faithful right now. We see them inviting people to their own spaces all the time, to their own places, houses, and so on. This is really beautiful. On the other hand, if we look at the people who are not faithful, we see two groups. We see the people who are 
really freedom fighters out of whatever reason. Some of them are 68 revolutionaries, you know, just want to have free love, free whatever. Some of them are freedom fighters because they're liberals or libertarians or things like this. And those people try to gather as well, but obviously in another way and therefore often not as peaceful. And so it, it, it's, it's a little bit more problematic. And then we talk about the majority of the people. The majority of the people is alone. They just sit at home. They don't meet anyone. They, they get more and more alone every day, more and more sad every day, more and more depressed every day. And so the depression rate of the average Austrian is as high as, as, as never. We never had such a depression rate. We have little children uh, under the age of 10 going to the psychiatrist and to the psychotherapist asking for help. We have suicidal children uh, under the age of 10. And this is new and it's really terrible. So what we do here tragic. is we are organizing a conference right now where this actually will be part. So we will have someone talking about the effect this tyranny has on children, because I think that this is one of the ugliest fruits, rotten fruits of this terrible uh, anti-Christian tree we, we can see is, is if they go against children. So that's what's happening. We're, we're just about out of time here. Alexander Trugwell's yeah. our guest. Uh, the Boniface Institute is the website, boniface-institute.com. That's boniface-institute.com. About 30 seconds left, uh, Alexander. What do you want the rest of the world to do? Just pray? Yeah, very easy. Yes, not, not just pray, but pray. It's, it's pray is really number one. Keep Austrian your prayers. Um, use uh, ask the Austrian saints. We have lots of Austrian saints. Ask Saint Leopold. Ask Blessed Emperor Khan. We have those those saints. We have a list of of numerous saints in the last uh, uh, centuries. Look them up. And then second of all, if you have any free time, any spare time left, write letters to your officials in Austria and to the Austrian officials in your country. This is really powerful. Believe me. We saw that this pressure coming from abroad. Um, um, where every mm. every uh, every uh, di- diplomat got those letters, this really was ugly okay. for our government. All right, Alexander Trugoel, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful. We are praying for you and for all of uh, the Austri- Austrians today, and especially the Catholics there. St. Boniface Institute, find them online at boniface-institute.com. That's boniface-institute.com. We'll be right back. More breaking news and stories is coming up next. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith. Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. 
The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com slash raffle. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Rudy Carlos. And now, more headlines. LiveSet reports Canadian priest calls on clergy to join Freedom Convoy, says church has let us down. Canadian priest and YouTuber Father Anthony Hannon sent a message of support to the Freedom Convoy, urging Catholic priests near Ottawa to help and saying that the Catholic Church has let us down over COVID mandates. Noting how many bishops are going along with the narrative, Father Hannon warned viewers not to hold your breath waiting for someone else to lead you out of this, especially your parish priests or your bishops. The bishops missed a golden opportunity to be leaders and defenders of fundamental human freedoms when the government overreach began by ordering the closing of schools and businesses and other lockdowns and various mandates, Hannon wrote in a video description. Referencing the conversion of St. Paul, Father Hannon suggested that many people had scales over their eyes, preventing them from seeing the truth that so many of us have seen, have been able to see for so long. He encouraged priests and bishops to join the protests if they can see that they've been lied to and that they no longer want to go along with any of these immoral mandates. And the Epic Times reports as violent crime rose nationwide in 2021, Dallas bucked the trend. The murder wave that swept over big cities and small towns since the beginning of the pandemic continued across the United States through 2021, according to crime data. But Dallas, the nation's ninth largest city, blocked the trend. In Los Angeles, murders jumped 12% compared to 2020. Chicago saw more than 800 murders in 2021, the highest in 25 years, and Philadelphia logged 559 homicides, the highest on record. In Dallas, murders dropped by 12%. The city has about 3,100 police officers serving 1.3 million residents. Dallas's police strategy was the brainchild of Michael Smith and Rob Tillier, two criminologists at the University of, da- of Texas in San Antonio. They worked with Dallas police uh, with Dallas police to provide the city with to divide the city rather into 100,000 grids, each measured 300 feet by 300 feet, about the size of a city block. They ranked the grids based on the number of violent crimes they had had in the previous three to six months. They then picked the top 47 grids and made one of two policing changes in them either a surge of patrol cars with emergency lights turned on during peak crime hours or a surge of specialized officers to monitor repeat offenders with a known arrest history. By August 1, 2021, these grids saw an almost 50% reduction in violent crime, whereas most other sectors saw a double-digit increase. And Breitbart reports ADL quietly changed its definition of racism to exclude white people. The Anti-Defamation League, also known as the ADL, is an organization that claims to have a nonpartisan agenda against hatred and discrimination, but is actually a partisan, far-left outfit that regularly smears conservatives. On June 1st, 2020, the ADL's definition of racism was one of the most one that most Americans would agree with. Racism is the belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another, that a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by his or her inborn biological characteristics. Racial separatism is the belief, most of the time based on racism, that different races should remain segregated and apart from one another. But by September 2020, after a summer of violence and looting brought about by Black Lives Matter and Antifa, the old definition of racism was removed. In its place came a much shorter definition, much more in line with the dictates of the far-left critical race theory. It read, the marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. 
The ADL's previous definition would have correctly, in the view of many Americans, defined far-left critical race theory as racist because it suggests that a person's social and moral traits are predetermined. And the Blaze reports, test tube study shows ivermectin has antiviral effect against Omicron, Japanese company says. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, don't forget to get your car raffle tickets. Uh, we're giving away, or someone's going to win anyway, a raffling off a brand new Mercedes 2022 GLA 250 in night black at the end of this month. So your time to get in on this is is like dwindling quickly now. So go to grnonline.com for the details. Scroll down till you see the Mercedes. Click on that and you'll find all the information you need. Praise be to God. Joining us right now uh, by phone is uh, Stephanie Aquila from His Girl Sunday, hisgirlsunday.com, helping families and communities to reinvigorate Catholic tradition through liturgical living, theology, homemaking, and heirloom products. Stephanie Aquila, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. Thank you for your time and being on our program today. Now, t- tomorrow is Candlemas, or or possibly the presentation, or or maybe it's the purification. I, you know, it's interesting <laughs> because uh, when I was thinking about Candlemas, um, I, as I've said now many times in this program, didn't grow up traditional. I was Protestant, became Catholic, and pretty, pretty, you know, pulling the line Nova Soto guy for a very long time. I didn't discover the even, I even hear the word Candlemas until maybe seven, eight years ago at the earliest. And it was a, a more traditionally leaning Nova sort of priest that introduced it to me. So I, I imagine there's a lot of people in this boat. They're like, what are we talking about here? What's going on? And I know that you are working to coordinate a candle mass blessing at your parish. So maybe I thought it would be fun to talk about this, what it all means, where it comes from, and why we should participate. Yeah, absolutely. So the um, I work at the Co-Cathedral as the Director of Liturgical Life, and um, that was actually found through His Girl Sunday, my business, to really help families um, unpack these things. And much like you, I didn't uh, know a lot about it either until one day in my, um, my husband and I were setting up a home altar, and I really wanted to have blessed candles. And of course, the Church in Her Infinite Wisdom already had like you know, a whole feast day for this. Um, and then, you know, fast forward several years later, being at the cathedral, now um, I really wanted other families to experience this too and to have these resources available um, in their domestic church. So, yeah, so um, February 2nd, we have three different mass times that people can come and um, have their candles blessed. So we're doing 7 a.m., 12, 10 p.m., those are our usual Mass times. And then 7 p.m., we added a Mass, which will be <clears throat> a little more, a little extra than the, the first two. Well, we have um, listeners, yeah. in, we're, in, we're on 52 stations across the country, so we have listeners all over the country, and I imagine they'll probably find some opportunities near uh, where they live. But uh, let's mm-hmm. let's talk specifically about Candle Mass. When did this start? What is the tradition of the Church? Uh, maybe you can help us better understand, uh, is this the, the Mass where all uh, liturgical calen- uh, candles are blessed at? Or, I mean, help us uh, fill in some of the details. Sure. So, yes, this has been around for centuries, and some believe it wasn't even present until um, around the 11th century. I've read some sources that say the 7th century, but essentially the the Church would use this feast day to bless all of the candles that it would use throughout the entire year. 
Um, of course, for something like, you know, as the as the co-cathedral, this would be a little bit of a challenge. But you would pull together as many of the candles that you anticipated using, especially the candles used for the altar, <clears throat> and have those blessed on this day so that you could use them um, throughout the liturgical year. And these candles traditionally would be beeswax, um, 100%, especially for the altar. But as we know, over time, this has changed. Mm and become a little less um, observed in terms of the beeswax candles. And now the altar candles are supposed to be 51%, but, I mean... I was going to ask this question. I mean, uh, (laughs) uh, we only do 100%, uh, you know, beeswax at this, at our house. My wife's become a stickler to that. But uh, 51%'s like the, uh, the, sort of like the rule there, Fifty, it has to be 51%. For the altar candles, yes, it's supposed yeah. to be fifty-one percent, but no one's checking anymore. Right? And, um, <laughs> Father's not going to like run that. a lab test on my beeswax to make sure it's not—it's just pure. It's not been diluted in any way. I don't—I don't think so. That's I hilarious. Don't think so. You, you could you squeak by. Now, I, I read in one article that uh, there was a famous a pilgrim back in the fourth century who who identified the the feast day as the presentation on the 14th, and and I guess it's gone back and forth. It's been a part of the Christmas season. It's a Christmas feast, but not in the Christmas season, which is quite interesting. But I do know that there's also a difference between the Novus Ordo calendar and the traditional uh, 1962 calendar. In the Novus Ordo, it's called the Presentation of the Lord, whereas in the 62 Mm -hmm. calendar, it's the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Any idea why Mm -hmm. there'd be a difference there? Um, I don't know the exact reason as to why that changed, but um, I, I noticed that I, I noticed that as well. And I always say my husband and I live a, a the tale of two calendars because <laughs> we we do live the Novus Ordo, um, you know, life, and those, those are the parishes that we attend. But there's so much beauty and richness um, from the old calendar, and, and this is one of the ones that I that I take away. And um, I think it's just a, a different emphasis. And interestingly enough, um, when we talk, well, we really don't talk about the purification of Mary anymore. I'm not sure if that's due to cultural reasons or um, challenging theological meanings and, or, you know, interpretations of Scripture that might be more, more difficult. Um, I'm, I'm presuming, of yeah. course. Yeah. But, um, I feel like I, I feel that that is a part of why, um, especially to say that a woman was impure after childbirth and not able to go into the temple for forty days, which is uh, February second is the exact count of forty days, mm. and makes sense with um, you know Mary upholding the precepts of the law that <clears throat> on the day of her pur- purification she would present Jesus in the temple. Yes, but she would also offer. Um, two turtle doves or two pigeons, which is what they could afford, um, as a part of uh, bringing her back into the life, the Jewish life. Yeah. Uh, There's so much opportunity, and uh, we really wanted to have a great conversation about Candle Mass, because I know as a, as for the many years, we, we just simply didn't even know it existed, let alone participate in it. So that's why we, we have invited Stephanie Aquila on from His Girl Sunday, hisgirlsunday.com. We have a short break we have to go to. We're going to come back and continue this conversation. So don't go anywhere. Do us a favor and uh, share us with a friend during the break. That'd be pretty amazing to us. Hit that like button, share, or if you're listening on radio, text a friend. We would be grateful to you. Don't go anywhere. His Girl Sunday is coming up right after this very short break.
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I wonder, if, have you ever been to a candle mass? I'd love to know that. You know, we have a, an after show at the second half, the second hour. If you're, you're at all able to join us, we interact directly with you. And you can comment, and, uh, and we, we have a great conversation with you directly. So, dear listener, please consider hanging out with us for our after show. All the details can be found on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Joining us again is Stephanie Aquila from His Girl Sunday, hisgirlsunday.com. Welcome back to the show, Stephanie. Thank you. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about liturgical living at the house, though. You know, part of uh, part of the motivation I had about wanting to have this conversation with you is uh, going back to something we said in the last segment. You know, not knowing that this even is an option, or it exists, what it's for. I imagine mm-hmm. a lot of Catholics are in the same boat. You know, they just they're unaware of this. This is not really mm-hmm. candle mass is not a thing that's celebrated in many uh, parishes around the country. So why should what would motivate uh, families to want to participate in something like this? I think at the core of this is really an opportunity to pray together as a family and to make your make your home the domestic church in physical representation and spiritually that it really and truly is called to be. Um, I feel like that that's where I found uh, my own family's roots in this, and that's where I think we can really begin to establish that mm-hmm. in families across the country. Yes, that's so true. You know, the, the family life is incredibly important. That's that's a cell of culture. I, I'm wondering if you could go into detail as to what the beeswax candle signifies and also, mm-hmm. you know, why why should people go and get these candles blessed and bring them home? What, what How can you tie that into the liturgical life at home? Mm-hmm. So the beeswax, I mean, just with everything in the church, it's mean. There's, it's meaningful, right? I mean, you ask um, any question as to why do we do that, and it's never at random. And the beeswax candles are one of them. And so it's uh, the meaning behind that is that the wax, which is extracted by virgin bees from flowers, 
symbolizes the pure flesh of Christ. Uh, we have this beautiful quote from St. Anselm that tells us that the wick uh, within the candle symbolizes the soul of Christ, and that the flame, when we light these candles, symbolizes his divinity. So you pull these, um, these three components in together, and these candles symbolize and stand for Christ, um, his humanity, and his divinity within your home. Every time you light them, they represent Jesus living, dwelling, um, you know, breathing grace into your, your life and your family. Um, and so I think there are a lot of different times that we use these. Again, I mentioned my home altar, so I use my home altar daily. So they're, they're lit here daily. Um, but we also use them as the Christ candle um, when the Advent season comes to a close. Uh, we put um, one of the candles in the center as the Christ candle, and we light that through the Christmas season. Um, on our baptismal anniversary, we light those candles again. Uh, th- so there are a variety of different times throughout the liturgical calendar, you know, feast days, your name day, special um, family feast days, that those can be lit again as well as um, that physical reminder that Christ is present and, and dwelling in, in your midst. Uh, now, uh, going back to something else we talked about briefly in the last segment, the differences between the uh, the uh, 62 missile and the current missile. Uh, will there? I, I I can't recall since the since I've been going to TLM the, now several years. Uh, I can't recall. Is the uh, the the candle mass at uh, your parish, Stephanie? Will it be in a in a, the will the blessings be from the previous well, the old version of the blessings, or there's there a new version of the blessing? So there's a there's a constitutive blessing in the missile, and that's what will be used. And most likely that's what will be used across a lot of the parishes in this archdiocese that are not Novus Ordo. But, I mean, I have a laundry list of parishes that are offering mm. this too, which is amazing. Um, and that's that's where they'll be taking that. That's where we'll be taking that at the Co-Cathedral for sure. Now, it might be good to rem- talk about and remind our listeners, when you have something blessed, that means it's now set apart. And and you can't really just handle it in any old way. You can't. You shouldn't throw these things away if you don't use them. Correct. Correct. Right. So once something is blessed, um, you can burn it or you can bury it. Uh, and again, if you're using the beeswax candles uh, throughout the liturgical year, I barely have anything left <laughs> once we get to the end. But um, all of our candles, whatever is blessed, we burn them down or we bury them. You know, I'm thinking of the fact that how beautiful the Candlemas celebration is in reference to the liturgical year. Uh, Don Prosper Garanger talks about why is Candlemas, you know, on this day? Why why have it like this? And we think about the fact that Our Lady, we're having the presentation of our child Jesus of the temple and the purification of Our Lady. And this is also, you know, in reference to the fourth joyful mystery of the Holy Rosary, because these two events are directly tied together. And with a prayer that's said, or it's often chanted as they uh, do the Candlemas procession, uh, reminding a, a light to the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel, because, you know, the presentation of our Lord would be the, the bringing of the light of Christ into the temple, the light of Christ to the Jews and to the Gentiles. Uh, could you talk about the significance that the that our Lord plays in salvation history at this moment? That's Why is today traditionally such an ancient feast dating back all the way to the 7th century and having processions that used to be had all across uh, Christendom? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, we can't talk about it without, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned the prayer without talking about the Canticle of Simeon, which is um, this really powerful and intense moment where Je- uh, Jesus is brought to the temple, and Simeon and Anna recognize him immediately as God. And in this moment, he says, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. So just um, the proclamation of, of that, which we meditate on and make real in our lives, is such an intimate part of why this happens on this day, that Jesus is a, a light of grace to each of us and that we should be inflamed in hope and love um, seeing him just in the same way that, that Simeon sees him as Jesus right before us, what they had waited for for centuries, and what we see unfold through salvation history has been fulfilled. Is right there. They're, they're holding God. He has come like he said he would. And so I think what we have here in Candlemas is this, this revelation of that. Amen. I know I love uh, these these great feasts, and I and I want one thing that I really love, and I want to start ha- encouraging to bring back around is this celebration of these major feasts that are kind of been lost over time. Like uh, the feast of the Epiphany, there used to be Epiphany parties that happened all over the place, and for Candlemas, mm-hmm. there used to be great celebration that happened. How can we like? What are some great? wholesome good ideas that we can have to start celebrating these kind of holidays like Candlemas coming up tomorrow and um, with our families maybe even with our extended family and friends um, have processions how what can we do to encourage our pastors our priests or just in a, on our on our domestic church to celebrate these feasts mm-hmm. I think in our parishes we just need to enliven what's right there in the missile <laughs> You know, uh, when it says that there is an opportunity for a procession and Candlemas is one of them, to plan ahead, to look ahead and to do that. Let your community experience the richness and the fullness of the traditions that are there, right? And of course, offering a Mass and blessing the candles is a step in the right direction. Having those moments where you can teach them and show them, but, but really even more so drawing them into that communal experience of the faith, which is by and large, a, a, a big part of what this is about, right? Experiencing Christ as a community and having um, and having that available to you, not just um, you know as a as a meaningless community event, but a community event that draws everyone together and says, "Look, look at what we're working towards. We're working towards heaven together, and we're doing it by celebrating these really beautiful Catholic traditional feast days um, in the home." Uh, so there's this really fun tradition tied to the French of making crepes for dinner. So mm-hmm. my husband and I, I don't make crepes. This is way too, like, this is way too out of my league. So my husband and I, for four years in a row now, have gone to Sweet Paris. So if anyone wants to come Sweet Paris with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do uh, crepes. Of course, you could do this at your house. Breakfast for dinner always goes over well in this house. Um, maybe it would in yours, too. But around this time each year, the French celebrate Candlemas by making crepes. Um, they're, they're round shaped, golden color, reminds people of, of light. And um, it's said that around this time each year, the winter planting would begin. And so people would, um, the people in France would use their extra flour around this time of year mm. uh, to make those crepes. So uh, you could always do that. 
engage your community, your, your domestic church, your immediate community in your home in prayer and, and serve breakfast or dinner. I mean, what could be better than that? Amen to that. We have just about a minute left. Uh, one of the other thoughts that struck me in this was uh, the Feast of the Presentation. This is the first of the seven sorrows of Our Lady. Uh, so it's it's transitioning from the incarnation of our Lord to His cross, His passion, His death, and His resurrection. So uh, what an opportunity to begin the devotion, the seven sorrows of Our Lady, which, by the way, we gave away this special booklet uh, produced by Rudy this past week, so we may have to give away a few more. But uh, Stephanie Aquila, we're very grateful to have had you on our program today. Tell me real quick, you got about 30 seconds or so, tell me about your website. If you go to my website, you can find resource guides, feast day recipes, um, theological writings, and if you head over to my Instagram or my Facebook, you can see um, little notifications and pictures of how we live out our faith and ways for you to do that, too. Awesome. Praise be to God. His Girl Sunday is the website, hisgirlsunday.com. Stephanie Quilla, thank you for your time today. God bless you. God love you. And have a great day. Thanks so much, Joe. All right. Praise be to Jesus. That is going to do it for the uh, first hour of our show. Today, we have a second hour for those of you that are able to join us. We love to have uh, the second hour with you. You can always find more details. Watch live online. On our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We'd love to have you tomorrow. We're going to talk about Our Lady of Buen Successo, Our Lady of the Great Event. We're going to have more information about that wonderful apparition, its messages, its implications for our time with our first guest tomorrow. And uh, we're very excited about that. So join us if you can. Share us with a friend. It's very important to us if you'd uh, join us in this apostolic work of sharing the good, the true, and the beautiful through the powerful medium of Catholic Radio. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow or in the next hour. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. Does hope give light to your day? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At the end of the long list of good works in his rule, St. Benedict finally gives the most important one. Never lose hope in God's mercy. Hope means that we bring the future, where Jesus already reigns as risen Lord and Savior, into the trials, fears, and discouragements of everyday life. 
Hope allows us to give a gentle reply to an angry outburst, to remain calm in the face of disappointments, to continue doing what we know we are supposed to do, even when the outcome seems fruitless. Hope allows us to turn over the results of our efforts to God, who will bring them to the completion He wills. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. There are many places where the light of Jesus' resurrection does not shine. There is no place where it cannot shine in hope. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It is Tuesday, February the 1st. Guess what? You can now take down your Christmas tree. It's time. The time has come. <laughs> Christmas season has finally ended. It's ta- you know, other, you, you, you'd be considered odd and weird if you left it up at this point, right? All the neighbors are going to start talking at this point. Like, it's February 1st. Tree is still up, don't they know? Christmas season ended. Well, ours came down last night. When did yours come down, Rudy? I didn't have one this year. Ooh, I should have asked. Yikes. You're Catholic. I should have asked that question. Yeah. You yeah, you didn't ask me that in the job interview. Never, uh, never. I'm actually now, I'm writing it I'm down. not Catholic. I'm writing I'm writing it down. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, ask applicant if Catholic. Got it. I should have just had it decorated <laughs> and in the pod, yeah. ready to come over, <laughs> take it out, put I'll, it out. I'll, and maybe hooked to like a battery pack so it was lit up the whole time it the was in the pod. The whole time. That would have been hilarious. I felt bad. I promised my daughter I would have a Christmas tree. But, you know, by the time we got here, it was impossible to find one. So <laughs> Really? Yeah. Well. Sorry, Maria. Oh, bummer. Well, next year. Next yeah. year, praise be to God. Speaking of lit up, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. When did your Christmas tree come down? Uh, well, at my apartment, mm-hmm. we didn't have mm-hmm. one. And just because... Ask wow. producer didn't want to deal with one. if Catholic. I'm writing yeah. that down, too. Okay. Didn't, just didn't want to do it, to be honest. <laughs> didn't want to deal with the Christmas tree in our, in our little bitty apartment. But did I hear a bah humbug in that? No, I not did. at all. I so did. That's why I just went to my parents' house. Bah Much humbug. better. It was because a it's a big, fire hazard, big, right? Big Christmas tree. Exactly. Yeah. It was. Right. I was like, you know, it, we have lit a small apartment. We don't Ship off the don't want the whole thing are. to burn down yes. or something like that. <laughs> oh, my roommate is a electrician, and he's been at like three apartments where they had like an electrical fire, and the whole apartment burned down. And he's like, yeah. uh, because of Christmas trees? <laughs> no, uh. this is because of uh, bad wiring with their electricity. But I Thanks. wonder what the stat is on that. Thing. I don't know. How but many Christmas yikes. trees cause house fires, apartment fires? I know it's high. 
Because that's what the that's the example firefighters use every year is dried out Christmas trees. That's true. Though in Houston, that's not too much of a problem because two reasons. One, we don't really have a, a lot of people using real trees. And two, the humidity is so high <laughs> that we're pretty okay. We When we lived in New England, we loved getting the Christmas tree. It was such a part of our tradition as a family to go to a farm Pick it out, walk the farm, pick it out, decorate it, come back after Thanksgiving, chop it down, haul it home. I mean, it was such a thing. And then it cost me like 25 bucks for like a nine-foot tree or something. That's incredible. You come to come to Texas, and it's like $100 for a a, pea, a you know a peanut Charlie Brown tree. And you're like, I don't want That's how this. much it is in California. I'm, I'm getting the plastic one. Forget it. I'm done. <laughs> out of the box, plug it in, check the box. Yeah. Plastic done. ones aren't too bad these days. Yeah, pretty, they're getting better, especially with the LED lights, right? They're fun. All right, uh, praise be to God. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Alexander Trugluel from uh, the Boniface Institute about Austria last hour. Important uh, important things going on there. Let's pray for them. And then, of course, Stephanie Aquila was just on with us from His Girl Sunday to talk about Candlemas or the presentation or the purification of Blessed Virgin Mary, all of which is happening tomorrow. So make sure to plan to go to Holy Mass tomorrow uh, and bring your candles with you, praise be to Jesus, 51% beeswax or better. At least try. Just go for it. You can do it. I believe in you. And uh, so that was last hour. We're going to post those conversations to our social feeds. You can find all of that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But do not forget to get your car raffle tickets in while you can. Your time is running out. Your opportunity to win a brand new 2022 GLA 250 in night black is coming to an end very quickly now. Some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to be driving away on this at the end of this month. It could be you. Praise be to God. Now, disclaimer, if you win, we get the first, we get to ride with you in the first drive. Okay? So you got to come pick us up and do an actual Catholic drive time in your brand new Mercedes. But here's the real kicker. You might win a cool car. That's true. Your chances are pretty good. Praise be to God. But... The real deal is we get to use the proceeds to keep Catholic Radio alive and well right where you are. That radio station you're listening to right now in Alabama, in Florida, in Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, and all across Texas and New Mexico and Kansas and wherever you are listening right now, that station is supported by you. And these, this car raffle makes a big difference to keep us going through the tough winter times. So thank you in advance. Go to grnonline.com for the details. Scroll down to you see the the black Mercedes. Click on that, and you can find the details, the rules. You can purchase tickets. But if you want to be super cool, you'll call your local station manager, and you're going to ask, hey, how do I get the tickets? More importantly, how do I help you sell tickets to support this station? Go to grnonline.com for the details. Let's pray, and let's jump into our hour this hour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news, Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. The Epic Times reports, phone scammers call 73-year-old grandma asking for eight grand, but she turns the tables and catches the crooks. 
A clever grandma from Long Island has turned the tables on a telephone scanner who tried to dupe her out of $8,000 in cash. The 73-year-old from Seaford only gave her first name, Jean, on January 20th and got a call from a man claiming to be her grandson saying he'd been arrested for drunk driving and needed to be bailed out of jail. Jean, a former 911 dispatcher, knew that her grandson could not drive and immediately suspected a hustle. I knew he was a real scammer, she told CBS2. I knew he wasn't just going to scam me. Shortly afterwards, she received a call from a different man claiming to be her grandson's lawyer asking for eight grand. Keeping her wits about her, Jean lured in the would-be swindler and foiled their plot with a stratagem of her own. I told him I had the money in the house and I figured he's not going to fall for that, she told the station. Well, he fell for that, hook, line, and sinker. Having already called the police, Jean had only to wait for the unsuspecting crook to show up at her door, which he did, pretending to be her grandson's bail bondsman. Footage from Jean's doorbell cam shows a masked man wearing a trench coat appear, accept an envelope from Jean, which she'd stuffed with paper towels, and then turn to leave. He didn't get far, though. Footage shows police officers rush out of the house and tackle him to the ground before taking him into custody. The Nassau County Police Department, in a press release, announced the suspect's identity as one Joshua Estrella Gomez, who's 28 years old, who was charged with an attempted grand larceny of the third degree. He was released on appearance ticket and is due to appear on the first at the first district court on Thursday, February 3rd. Nassau County Police Department spokesperson Richard Lebrun told Insider that if a family member calls asking for money, it's advisable to call them back to confirm and block unwanted calls or texts to avoid being scammed. Resist the pressure to ask to act immediately, Lebrun said. Legitimate business will give you time to make payments. Such scams targeting the elderly are rampant, police said. Jean finds it appropriate that she was able to dish out a little justice. I wonder if she could dish out a little justice to the person calling me about my extended car warranty. But anyway, that's good news. God love you. Do you think she can find my uh, tailgate? Uh, the saint of the day is Saint Ansker. She was, he was born in 801. He became a Benedictine at Corby, France, where he had been educated. Sweden asked for Christian missionaries, and he went to Sweden, suffering capture by pirates, among many other hardships on the way. Fewer than two years later, he was recalled to become abbot of the new Corby and bishop of Hamsburg. After 13 years of work in Hamburg, Ansgar saw it burned to the ground by invading Northmen. Sweden and Denmark returned to paganism. He directed new apostolic activities in the north, traveling to Denmark and being instrumental in the conversion of another king. But the strange device of casting lots, the king of Sweden allowed the Christian missionaries to return. He was an extraordinary preacher, a humble and ascetical priest. He was devoted to the poor and the sick, imitating the Lord and washing their feet and waiting on them at table. He died peacefully at Bremen, Germany, without achieving his wish to become a martyr. He died February 3rd, 865. St. Ansgar, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jarius came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come, lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. 
She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet, she was not helped but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed from her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who has touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of the commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them out. He took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him. And he entered the room where, they, where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kaum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of twelve, arose immediately and walked around. At that they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, Observe that the object of his question was that the woman should confess the truth of her long want of faith, of her sudden belief and of healing, and so herself be confirmed in faith and afforded an example to others. Let us have faith in the Lord and trust in him for all things, not in the world, the flesh, and the devil, but in the Lord. Amen. Venerable Bede, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, yeah, so the one thing, and uh, there's so many things that you could say here. One thing that Cornelius Lapide kind of hammers home here is the uh, emphasis on relics. And I would talk about that, but he shares a story, and I'm like, I got to share this story. It's a pretty cool story. He says that the woman who had an issue of blood, that this is, a, this is the celebrated woman who, being healed by Christ of her issue of blood, erected in memory of so great a benefit that statue to Christ at Caesarea Philippi, from whose base grew an herb which cured all diseases. Now, that's super cool. So he's saying that they built a statue. She helped build a statue of our Lord there in Caesarea Philippi, and that statue grew a plant that cured all diseases. Now, you're like, whoa, how can I get this statue, this uh, this plant now? Well, they go, Cornus Lopati goes on and says, Julian the Apostate threw the statue down and set up one of himself in its place. But this was shivered to pieces by lightning, as St. Jerome testifies. 
I was like, that is that is a pretty awesome yeah, story. So that's I'll, I'll leave it. Level 10 right there. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. God won't be mocked. So uh, Julian tried gotta, though, did he? He tried. He did. I mean, he had he did what he could. baptized in bull's blood to undo his Christian baptism. <laughs> he did everything he could, but God yeah. literally sent lightning from heaven. It was yeah. like, uh, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> but also relic yeah. stuff. There you go. Yeah, praise be to God. He also tried to rebuild the temple, and that also got thwarted by natural disasters. I think it was earthquakes, right? And over again. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> you can try, but God's in control, whether you like it or not. All right, praise be to God. We are going to go to a break and play our game, Fear and Trembling. It's time to play that uh, trivia game show where the secret is you don't need to know the answers to win. You could win without knowing any of the answers. It's pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward. And we would love to play with you, have a laugh, and all the rest. So what you need to do now is make a phone call. The first caller gets to be our contestant, and hopefully it's you. If you haven't played in a while, you're welcome to try back. But new callers, come on now. Pick up the phone. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody about my secrets or my agendas. If you'll promise me 
then I'll share them with you. All right. So number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something new about the Catholic faith you did not know before. Praise be to God. I mean, bragging rights. You know what I'm saying? And number two, we like to have a laugh. And our callers are great. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that probably most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. But if you're new here and you're just joining us, let me explain. We have three Catholic trivia questions, but I do not ask the caller these questions. So that means they don't need to know the answers. They could possibly not know a single correct answer and even still win the game. It's possible because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be incorrect, and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? The sponsor of our game show this week is Santa Clara Design, who is generously sponsoring our show with a matching set of prints of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of our our, our Blessed Lady. So use these as an opportunity, if you win, to enthrone your home. That's really important. Set your home apart to be for a place for God. The owner and lead designer, Lauren, knows how important it is to create a space that reveals the goodness of God and the joy of life. Our hearts desire to grow closer to God. We all need encouragement. We long to dwell in places that reflect what is true, good, and beautiful. The Catholic online boutique Santa Clara Design provides accessible and affordable ways to create beautiful, sacred spaces in your everyday life. Visit her website at santaclaradesign.com for top-quality Catholic art prints, canvases, stickers, as as well as a variety of stationery. Or follow her on Facebook and Instagram at Santa Clara Design. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, SantaClaraDesign.com, for your generous support of our trivia game show. We're very grateful to you. All right, let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Delia. Good morning. Praise be to God. Is this my old friend? Yes, sir. Hey, now. Good morning, Ketal. That's good to hear your voice. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm blessed. Praise be to Jesus. It's good to hear you. Now, you're calling in from Florida, right? Yes, sir. Now, uh, back in the day, it was like 2009, I think, uh, you and I connected. You were in Brooklyn in those days, right? Uh, no, I've never left Pensacola, Florida. Oh. There's another dam that looks like me. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing the streams, as they say, mixing and matching. Well, praise be to God, Deli. Now, all right, now I remember, because when you first started calling last year, you were asking us questions. Yes. Ah, got the right Delia now. Praise be to Jesus. Well, it's good to hear your voice again, Delia. How have you been? Oh, like I said, I'm blessed, and I cannot complain. Life is good. God is good. Well, let me see if I can't give you something to complain about then. Uh, We're going to play. Rudy is new. I don't know if you've played the game with Rudy. I don't think you've played with Rudy yet, so let's just see how tricky he is today. Are you ready to go, Delia? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Rudy? Out of building up there, no pressure. Yikes, Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I was born for this. Wow, are you sure? Yes, that's what they told me. Huh? Who's they? <laughs> We're going to interview they in <laughs> April, I think. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me? Liturgical calendars, or forgive me, liturgical candles. Liturgical candles. What must they be made of? They have to be made up of fifty-one percent. The mm-hmm. candle has to be 51% mm-hmm. ground-up bees. Really? Yes. Wow. Who is, who's, who's got that job? Hope you're not allergic to them. 
Wow, 51% of ground up bees, you say? Literally bees. Literally bees. All right, let's just let's get a second opinion on this, Delia. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me liturgical candles? I'm thinking of the Paschal candle or the altar candles. Uh, what must they be made of? You know, I'm going to be honest. That sounds really gross to uh, to grind up bees and then put them into candles. Would you want that job? Uh, I would not want that job, okay. to be honest. Okay. In fact, and I don't know why anybody would do that job because the answer is beeswax. Beeswax. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. The stuff they make. So you're saying it's beeswax, not bees. Yes, the product that bees produce, so not it, a product of bees. In your world, the bees get to live. And I we suppose. just take the wax. Uh, you know. Okay. I so I heard it wrong. All right. You know, so, well, let's just know. see here. Maybe. Delia, here's the deal. The question is, liturgical candles must be made of what? Uh, Adrian says bees wax, and uh, Rudy says bees ground up. That's interesting. <laughs> 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Delia, what say you? Bees wax. Survey says. Yeah. That was easy. Be ground up bees, Rudy. Good grief. Yeah. I mean, you, you weren't tricked by that at all, right, Delia? Not at all. This next one's going to also be a very soft softball, hard, easy question. Pretty hard question. This is super easy. I'm on your side. Remember that, Delia? I'm on your side. Here we go. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Adrian. Adrian, you of all people ought to know this answer. Uh-oh. And That's of all good. human persons on planet Earth, I'm Uh-oh. expecting you to know this answer. <laughs> Uh-oh. Adrian, can you tell me who founded... The incredible, mm-hmm. amazing, right? Divinely inspired. Okay. Order of Friars Minor. Orders of Friars Minor. Yes, that is the technical name mm-hmm. for the Dominicans. <laughs> so that's Saint Dominic. Sorry, excuse me. I have a little morning morning allergy there. I'm sorry. You were you said? Yes, that's the precise name mm-hmm. for the Dominican order. That's Saint Dominic. Okay. So Saint Dominic is your answer. It is. That mm-hmm. is my answer. Yeah. I love the black habit, by the way. <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, let's go with uh, uh, Rudy. The Black Friars. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me uh, who founded the Order of the Friars Minor? Yeah, I think Saint Dominic is rolling around in heaven. <laughs> um, well, because actually, it's, gonna I was going to say grave, yeah. but he's in heaven. So okay. I'm going to say Saint Francis. Saint Francis. The, the Order of Friars Minor is also known as the Franciscans. You're just going to put that out there like that? Yes. Okay. Mm. Made up. Here's the deal, Delia. Uh, Rudy seems to think it's St. Francis who, or, who founded the Order of Friars Minor, whereas uh, Brother Adrian says it's uh, St. Dominic. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Delia, what say you? I am lost. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I hope I guess right. Uh, let's go for Let's go for Rudy. Survey says, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> praise be to God. <laughs> yeah, it is St. Francis, the Order of Friars Minor, the Franciscans, who, by the way, St. Maximilian Kolbe wore a black mm-hmm. habit. So there you go. St. Dominic founded the Dominicans. So the Dominicans are referred to as the Black Friars uh-huh. due to their mm-hmm. the black kappa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the divinely inspired, magnificent Order of Friars Minor, St. Francis, pray for us. Praise be to God. All right, let's go to the third question. You're in for two. I mean, you're close to a perfect score today, Delia. I think we can get this done. I'm going to say this is probably the easiest question this of all This is the hardest three. question I've ever had. <laughs> 
you told that last time. Well, and there's a new day. Is this is a harder question than last time? So now it's even the hardest question ever. It's, totally, it's slowly ramping up. It's totally, it is. It's totally easy, Delia. Totally. Well, let's get through this together. All hardest right. question we've ever had. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me what is the place called where the sacred vessels and vestments are kept, and where the clergy prepare themselves uh, to say mass? What do we call that place? This is a very special place within the church. Yes, it is. A place of silence mm-hmm. and preparation. There should not be conversations in there. It's funny. My sons say that, too, in preparing to altar serve. It's a sacristy. A sacristy. Mm. Yes. Seems sacred. Got very it. Very sacred mm. space. Uh, let's go with Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me? That's me. What is the place called mm-hmm. where the sacred vessels and vestments are kept? They're stored there. Ah. Uh-huh. Where the clergy... And altar servers, mind you, mm, mm-hmm. prepare for ecclesiastical function, functions like saying Holy right. Mass or benediction yes. or adoration uh-huh. or, or other such yes. functions. Yeah, that would be the second holiest place yeah. in any given wow. place. Really? And that is the refectory. The, the refectory. The refectory. The refectory. Yes. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are. It's kind of like saying February. Not refectory. February. Refectory. Huh. Okay. Second holiest place. Well, Delia, here's the deal. Uh, the question is, what is the place called or the sacred vessels and vestments are kept and uh, priests prepare for mass? Uh, Adrian says it's the refectory, whereas Rudy says it's the sacristy. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Delia, what say you? Rudy, sacristy. Survey what? says, <laughs> oh, perfect score, Delia. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Praise be to God. You got it perfect this time. No, that was you, you knew that one, right, Delia? Uh, yes. Yeah. Super Actually, easy. This is my third call. The second time I call, I got it all right, too. The first time, I got two. <laughs> well, okay. praise be to God. That's a pretty good record. That's a pretty good record, Delia. God love you. Thanks for playing our game today. Uh, it's always good to hear your voice. Thank you for calling in. We're gonna, I'm going to put you on hold so Rudy can get your number just in case it be God's holy will. But you know the deal. God love you, Delia. Have a great day. And whatever is on your agenda today, we'll be praying for that. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for the radio side of the show. Don't forget to get your car raffle tickets in while you can. Your time is running out. 25 apiece or five for $100. Go to GRN online.com for the details that's grnonline.com for the details if you would like you can hang out with us for the next half hour to casually chat interact with you directly on one of our live video feeds grnonline.com forward slash cdt thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Tuesday of the fourth week in Ordinary Time. 
The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Father, we thank Thee who has planted Thy holy name within our hearts. Knowledge and faith and life immortal, Jesus, thy Son, to us imparts. Thou, Lord, didst make all for thy pleasure, didst give man food for all his days, giving in Christ the bread eternal, Thine is the power, be thine the praise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, God, and to you, and to you my, my brothers, brothers and sisters, that I, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what, what I have done, in what, what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my, my most grievous fault. Therefore, Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord our God, that we may honor you with all our mind and love everyone in truth of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the second book of Samuel. Absalom unexpectedly came up against David's servants. He was mounted on a mule, and as the mule passed under the branches of a large terebinth, his hair caught fast in the tree. He hung between heaven and earth while the mule he had been riding ran off. Someone saw this and reported to Joab that he had seen Absalom hanging from a terebinth. <laughs> And taking three pikes in hand, he thrust for the heart of Absalom, still hanging from the tree, alive. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and a lookout went up to the roof of the gate above the city wall, where he looked about and saw a man running all alone. The lookout shouted to inform the king, who said, If he is alone, he has good news to report. The king said, Step aside and remain in attendance here. So he stepped aside and remained there. 
When the Cushite messenger came in, he said, Let my lord the king receive the good news, that this day the lord has taken your part, freeing you from the grasp of all who rebelled against you. But the king asked the Cushite, Is young Absalom safe? The Cushite replied, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rebel against you with evil intent be as that young man. The king was shaken and went up to the room over the city gate to weep. He said as he wept, My son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Absalom, my son, my son. Joab was told that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom, and that day's victory was turned into mourning for the whole army when they heard that the king was grieving for his son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be God. Listen, Lord, and answer me. Listen, Lord, and answer me. Incline your ear, O Lord. Answer me, for I am afflicted and poor. Keep my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Listen, Lord, and answer me. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Listen, Lord, and answer me. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer, and attend to the sound of my pleading. Listen, Lord, and answer me. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. Christ took away our infirmities and bore our diseases. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors, and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his cloak. She said, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? 
and he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid, just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of twelve, arose immediately and walked around. At that they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this, and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this morning's first reading from the book of Samuel, we really see in David the heart of a shepherd, which is going to, of course, prefigure what Jesus is going to be able to accomplish for his people. And I say that because David's son Absalom had absolutely uh, betrayed him. He was trying to get David dethroned from the crown. He was even trying to have David killed. And yet, despite the fact that Absalom makes himself the enemy of his father David, we see today the reaction of David upon hearing the news of Absalom's death. Namely, David is greatly aggrieved and cries out, My son, my son, Absalom, my son. In this we can see a kind of prefiguring of the heart of Jesus or the heart of God, who despite the wickedness of men, despite our sin, God continues to love us, he continues to pour his heart out to us, and he continues to reach out in order to touch us and heal us from our iniquity. That really brings us then to the gospel message. Because whereas David did not have the power to be able to do anything about Absalom's situation or Absalom's death, in today's gospel we see that G Jesus is a distinct turning of the tide who is able in his goodness and in his love to transform and overcome sin and even to overcome death. The healing of the woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years is especially significant in the sense that the woman was considered unclean and therefore whoever she would have touched would have become ritually unclean and therefore unable to worship. What we see in a way with Jesus and the woman and the woman reaching out to touch Jesus is there's a kind of reversal of the process. And whereas in the Jewish thought, in the Levitic laws, the uncleanness of the woman would have been passed over to the one she touches, now what we see is in the woman touching Jesus, not only does she not make Jesus unclean, but she herself is purified and is made clean by the very touch of the Savior. 
chose really that in Jesus he is going to be able to transform and overcome any form of sickness, any form of sinfulness, and even as we see in the raising of the dead of the young girl of 12 years, that Jesus can even overcome death. <clears throat> My brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, we are reminded that God has a heart for us in the sense that wherever we're at in our life, whatever our situation is, even whatever our level of sinfulness may be, our Father continues to love us. He continues to reach out to us, to transform us and to restore us. And the Father has sent his only begotten Son, Jesus, to be able to touch our lives so that in faith we might be healed from the Savior and in his love even have the power to one day rise from the dead. Let us give thanks to God and let us ask for the grace that we would always live in the blessedness of this relationship that he has established with us. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all bishops and government leaders, that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering that they would experience consolation in their faith and the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for all those joining us online and by radio for this Mass, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. The King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth, and Dead pastures grow with food celestial feedeth. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church O lord we bring to your altar these offerings of our service be pleased to receive them we pray and transform them into the sacrament of our redemption through christ our lord amen <clears throat> the lord be with you 
And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and eternal God, for in the goodness you for in goodness you created man, and when he was justly condemned, in mercy you redeemed him through Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celia terra, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. <clears throat> the mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, and Michael our Bishop, and all the clergy. 
Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamudi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamudi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quintolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
an act of spiritual communion. By Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Godhead here in hiding, whom I do adore. Masked by these bare shadows, shape and nothing more. See, Lord, at thy service, low lies here a heart, lost all lost in wonder at the God thou art. Seeing, touching, tasting are in thee deceived. House has trusty hearing that shall be believed. What God's Son has told me, take for truth I do. Truth himself speaks truly, or there's nothing true. On the cross thy Godhead made no sign to men. Here thy very manhood steals from human ken. Both are my confession, both are my belief, and I pray the prayer of the dying thief. Let us pray. Nourished by these redeeming gifts, we pray, O Lord, that through this help to eternal salvation, true faith may ever increase through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom his world rejoices who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today oh may this gracious god through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us Preserve us in his grace, and guide us in distress, and free us from all sin, till heaven we possess.
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. is a